Where have I been? Where am I taking it? What is bothering me about a major U.S. city's public transit system for those with disabilities? All of this and a little bit more on today's episode of Adaptive, the community podcast. back everyone i am so glad to be sitting in front of a microphone again having these conversations about what it means to be disabled in the modern era um today's episode is kind of just a chat with sam episode um so if that's not your cup of tea that's fine with me come back next week uh, and i will have a guest on um but for today I've got a topic that is really important to me and is um, kind of something I'm experiencing right now that I would love to talk about. Um, But first, I'm going to answer the question of where I've been, what's going on with Adaptive to the Community podcast and all that. Uh, A long story short is that I have had a lot of things happen to me over this past year. Nothing too horrible. Um, Just a lot of decisions had to be made and I had a lot of commitments over the last year. So um, I couldn't produce the podcast in the quality and production that I wanted to. Um, So I, you know, took a break from it and came back to it when I had more time and um, I could, you know, produce it in the quality that I want. Um, and so here we are again. I have found some time and still passionate about having conversations um, about what it means to be disabled in the modern era. I mean, they were the I the best way to describe it was life giving um, to hear all these different perspectives that people have. Um, and so I did just that. Um, I waited until I had time, and now I feel like I'm in a good spot. Um, I have, you know, some more knowledge, and I've lived some more, you know, life that I feel like I can um, lay back into. So my last episode, my last big episode that I posted, one of the only ones I've posted in 2022, was labeled Why I Left UNC. Um, And I'm not going to go into that story here. If you want to go... Uh, listen to that one in the feed after this one, feel free to, and I will make it easy on you and put it in the show description. Um, But that was huge to me. Um, And as I did that, I interviewed at the same day for a job doing ABA therapy as a registered behavior technician. At the time, Um, I didn't have my RBT or my registered behavior technician certification, um, but I got in with a great company, um, that helped me get through that process and, uh, did all that. And ABA is a contested topic, um, in multiple, you know, communities within, uh, the disabled community and the adaptive community as a whole. Um, and all I can say to that is I have seen great things happen within it. And uh, 
I really do believe in it. Um, and there are a lot of different ways to do therapy and a lot of them have had, you know, ethical considerations put on them as well. So, um, that might be something that I speak a little bit more on, um, now that I'm kind of like in the field and working within it, it might be something that appears here on the show. Um, not as, you know, I still want to have that varying perspective, but that, um, that that might become a recurring um, theme, um, not as a f- focus or a fixation, though, for the podcast at all. Again, I still want to have those varying conversations, and it will still, the format will still be interview style moving forward on multiple different um, conversations, but I do kind of work within that, and I love that, and it's what I want to do for a field, um, career field. So, um, you know, I definitely will get some guests, one or two, that um, we probably talk about that that a little bit. Um, With that being said, um, that's kind of where I've been. That's kind of where I want to take it. So let's jump into today's topic. I don't want to make this episode too terribly long for you, but let's jump in. It's all about RTD. What's RTD, you might ask? Um, If you don't live in Colorado, if you don't live near Denver, uh, you might not be as familiar with RTD, but they are the company that run and manage um, public transit for... Denver, Colorado, um, and the surrounding area, so like the Front Range, uh, which is the suburbia area outside of Denver. And uh, I don't know, back when I was 19, 20, I decided that I wasn't going to get my license at the time, Um, and there were some influencing factors there that I won't get into today. Um that I wouldn't get my license at that time. And that was totally okay. And I have, you know, learned to be more okay with it. And over the past four years, because now I'm 24, so over the past four or five years, can't remember if I was 19 or 20. It was kind of all a blur. Um, I have gotten to use rideshare and meet some really cool people through rideshare and hear some really cool stories um and that right now is just too expensive like a lot of things um it went up in cost the cost per mile is just too much um so i had to find alternative options um back when i was 19 or 20 i applied for and got accepted into the paratransit system for Denver. It's called Accessoride, um, and it's run through RTD. Um, And you have to go through this whole process, red tape. It probably should be a little easier to get into if you need it. Uh, They do really make you jump through hoops, um, and it is a system completely based on the medical model of disability, which if you're not familiar with the medical model of disability, I reference it several times um, throughout 
the feed of this podcast, but I'll just give you a quick rundown here today. Um, so the medical model of disability basically says this is what's going on in your body. This is the intervention we think we can do for you. This is, you know, this is statistically what people have done in your situation before. And this is a rough and tumble way of giving someone the medical model. So you can find much more elegant ways that it's said. Um, but this is just my quick and dirty way of saying, you know, they say statistically, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to achieve. This is what we've seen before treatment work and all that jazz. Uh, this is what, this is kind of what life is going to look like for you. Uh, The social model of disability, which is the ad, the, you know, the opposite of that is, um, it's not necessarily that you're disabled. It's the world around you that makes you more or less disabled than you are. You know, does that business have a curb cut? Does that business um, have an ADA compliant button so you can push that button and the door opens for you? You know, can you access that business as close to an able-bodied individual as possible. Uh, That's basically the social model, is the world is, you're not more disabled. The world is not designed for you to be equal access. Um, And so the social model is a lot, it's in the name, it's a social way of thinking about disability. The medical model is the paperwork, the, you know, the scientists, all of that. Um, And I truly believe wholeheartedly in the social model of disability. I believe that if the world was better designed for equal access for all, in whatever way that, you know, in whatever way those words mean to you, um, individuals would feel less hinder uh, have less hindrance on um, their physical limitations um, their you know whatever that limitation might be for that individual so I fully believe in the social model like I said there's a more elegant way to say the medical model there's a more elegant way to say the social model that's just the quick and dirty way that Sam chose to use um, in describing it in about two minutes. Um, so if you're more interested, go look it up for yourself. Go listen to some of the other um, individuals that I've interviewed on the topic. Um, it's very beautifully, eloquently put by um, uh, one of my guests, and I'll link that episode down below as well. Um, so they use the medical models. So they use terminology like your qualifying factors or your, you know, your disability qualifies you enough for this or that, or, um, this is why we believe, um, for example, I passed qualification, not because I couldn't walk, you know, around the track as many times as they asked me using my wheelchair. Um, but 
it came down to the weather in the winter in Colorado can be a little harsh at times. Um, and I could not make it to the scheduled bus route on time. So you can be qualified or you can be denied for multiple different reasons. Again, I think I said it at the front. I think this process is a little convoluted and a little too complicated to get into. Um, anyway, um, I qualified and I'm grateful I qualified because I have another option besides rideshare. Um, and, but then I started using it and I didn't use it, um, back then because I was getting ready to move to Greeley where they don't have coverage and then COVID happened and all these things. Like I just hadn't used it yet and I was comfortable using rideshare. So I chose to use rideshare for a while as well. Um, then I started using it about two weeks ago. Um, consistency of rideshare and price was just too much of a hindrance for me. Um, so I consistently started using rideshare about two weeks ago. Um, the last two weeks has been an eye opener. I tell you what, um, I have seen bus staff be very rude to an individual that um, was trying their best to communicate in the way that they can and I was trying their best to move um, around in the way that this individual was asking them to. Um, I have seen um, assumptions made. I've had assumptions made about me um, and all these things that really just get to me. Um, he, to, for a couple examples, um, I was, you know, I was running late because when you use public transit, you're at the mercy of their schedule. Um, and I'm fine with that. And I, I fully understand that that's part of the system. But um, I get on the bus and they say, hey, it's a full bus. We got to drop these folks off first and then we're going to drop you off. Um, and I go, yeah, no worries, no worries. In my head, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm I'm already 30 minutes late, so why not make it 45? Um, and so I ask, you know, where do you want me to put my wheelchair so you can strap it down? Uh, this individual um, gets on the bus and goes, I'll have you put it right here. I'll just have I'll just have her move. And I go, okay, you know, that's I think I can put my chair there. That's no problem. And I think that that individual could stay there. Um, She's, this is, this bus driver goes, nah, we'll just have her move. I go, okay. I kind of felt uncomfortable with the whole situation. So this guy goes, get up and move to the back. And I felt bad because I saw that this individual, like, receptively wasn't taking, you know, that was not the best way to receptively communicate to that individual. You could see it on their face and just the confusion. Um, and I felt so bad and I just I wanted to say something so bad, but I didn't. And I wish I did in the time, honestly, thinking back on it. Um, cause I genuinely like, even if that was the best move for you to strategically move that person, I think there was a better way to talk to that individual 
to have them have a better understanding of what you want from them. You know, we don't all communicate in the same way. I don't take well to someone speaking sternly to me. So like, I can only imagine. And uh, that whole thing bothered me and that individual, you know, you could tell it on their face. They either didn't understand or they don't respond well to that. I don't know what was going on fully. Uh, bus driver takes this person by their arm and moves them to the back. Um, and it just kind of broke my heart to see that. Um, there has also been an assumption made on me of, um, you know, I needed to be to work at 8 a.m. one morning for a training that I had to go through starting a new company uh, within the past few weeks. Um, get to work. I was told, you know, here's the lockbox and, you know, here's all this stuff you need to know about it to get in the building if you get there first. I'm like, great, thanks, guys. Because um, they know about my transit situation and how it can be. Um, I can be early or I can be a few minutes late. And so they were real understanding. They gave me all the information I needed to know to get in the building. Um, I get there. The guy straps, you know, straps me in and all that. Um, I get there and he doesn't want to let me off the bus because the bus is not closed or the building looks closed from the bus. And I try to reassure him that, um, oh, it's fine. You know, I work here. I have, you know, I have keys. I have a way to get in. I know where the keys are, yada, yada, yada. Um, so there's not much concern here. Um, and he just was not for it. He's like, I can't let you off if there's not someone else here. It's a liability. So me having quick wit go oh so sir when i get off this bus you work this bus all day so when i get off this bus you're gonna be alone in your workspace and he goes yeah and i go okay so i work for this business this is my work office can i get off and go inside. He goes, it's a liability for me to leave you there. And I go, you're going to be alone in your bus. And it's not a liability for you to be alone in the bus. He goes, no. I go, okay. So let me get off the bus. Go inside. And start my work day. Because now we're getting close to me being late. And he goes, okay, if you're good with it. First, he had to check with dispatch if it was okay. Let me remind you, he picked me up from my apartment, which I live in, alone, by myself. He didn't know that. Sure, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. You should not tell me I can't get off your bus, though. Because you're uncomfortable with what you can see on the outside. 
of me being in a wheelchair and you having a medical concern of that. Unless there was an indicator to you on my profile, which there wasn't because I looked after this incident, um, that telling you you shouldn't leave me alone without hit, you know, having contact with someone else or there was some other indicator telling you this, you should not tell me I can't get off your bus and let me go to work. So that happened. And then I've just had like just rough experiences. Um, there was one bus driver that got off the bus and got somebody from the accompanying uh, business that's right next door from me. And that person like manhandled me inside and then I had to explain to them that I'm not actually here for their services. I actually work next door. That was awkward. Um, less so for me and more for this guy that manhandled me all the way inside. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, uh, it's just assumptions that's made. So what have I chosen to do about it um, in a small part? I have chosen to take my stickers, disability doesn't define, and drop them strategically on the bus or hand them to the bus driver and spread the message of disability doesn't define. In other words, you're not seeing the full picture, so don't feel like you are. Don't write my story for me if you don't know what it is. Um, to be clear to anyone from RTD, I am not removing the backing of the sticker whatsoever. It is not becoming sticky whatsoever. I am either dropping it where I sat, face up, or I am handing it to the driver. I am not sticking it to anything. Just wanted to get that disclaimer out of the way. Um... Because it is a training failure of RTD. There are great people that work in the Accessoride system. I'm sure of it. That should probably be patted on the back and thanked for what they do. Um, and I hope I get to meet more of them. But it is a training failure that I have come across so many individuals that have had this approach of, you know, I need to treat this person in a certain way because of X, Y, and Z, even though I don't know much about this person. Um, it comes down to a training failure. And that's how I see it. It's not a human failure. It's a company failure of training it's a society that needs to think different and have an open mind but it comes down to the training of this company and the way that they think about disability from a corporate level it makes me sad and that's why I have taken almost 25 minutes to talk about it. So I leave you 
with this today. I had a driver that seemed like a pretty cool guy, and he asked me about my wheelchair and why I had things written all over it. So for those of you that might not know, right now my wheelchair is broken or in the shop, um, and I'm using my old chair, um, which when I was done with my old chair, I wrote everything I did or accomplished in this chair of note um, on this chair, all over this chair with Sharpie. And it says things like, you know, moved out, live on my own. It says things like graduate high school, because this was the chair I used all the way through high school, um, starting on my sophomore year, but, you know, majority of my high school year, my years. Um, and all the things I did in this chair, because there's a conversation that needs to be had on what people do and achieve with, with disabilities. So as part of the disability doesn't define brand, um, I wrote everything that I've done on this chair and I slapped a sticker on it, on the footplate. Um, and I've really enjoyed actually using this chair again after it's been written on because people do ask. Um, and that's the only thing about this chair. I've enjoyed using it. Well, the, my chair's been in the shop, but that's a story for another time. Um, and so he did ask about it. And so I thank him for asking about the chair. And I was like, hey, this is my brand. So without further ado, here's how that went. You don't need a brakes. Oh, you know, that's probably a smart idea, but... Thank you, thank you. Yep. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah, no I would have been like... Yep. Uh, no. Got a little bit more under control than that, but, you know. Mm -hmm. It's there for hold a fail, see? Alright. Cool. You sure, Sam? I'm you? good. Yep. Alright, buddy. Have a good day. I, okay? Yeah, and since you asked about the wheelchair, there's... My brands. Have a good day. All right, Sam. I'll look into it. Thank you for listening today to Adaptive the Community Podcast. Before I go, um, every guest I've had on, I've had them answer the question. If there's something that you wish people knew more or realized more often um, about someone in the adaptive the disability communities what would that be and i wanted to give my two cents and that is disability doesn't define what does that mean um you know don't judge a book by its cover i think is another way to say it it's along the same lines at least um you don't write somebody else's story don't assume um and just you know don't define that person for what you can see on the outside or what you can assume by the interaction you've had. Because anyone can do anything if they put their mind to it and figure out that adaptation. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Adaptive to the Community Podcast. If you want to spread the message with me of a uh, disability doesn't define, ask me for a sticker when you see me or... Go to the Etsy shop I have set up for uh, Disability Doesn't Define. Buy a hat, buy a t-shirt. Um, 
high quality stuff. I don't expect anyone to buy anything, but if you want to support the show and the movement of Disability Doesn't Find, you can find it there. I'll link it in the description. Have a great day.